Welcome to the You Don't Know Schmidt podcast. Over my 15 years in the insurance industry, I've connected with some incredible women in insurance and leadership. Many of them have become close friends, and here on the show, I'll share their stories with you in hopes that you can learn something and apply it to your journey. We'll dig into career life and ambitions, but also family life and the other real and raw things that make up our day today. I'm your host, Olivia Schmidt. You don't know Schmidt yet, but you will. And I absolutely must give a huge shout out to Total CSR for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you so much for believing in me and making this all possible. I am eternally grateful. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. I am so excited to be here with Ash Fitz from Ohio Insurance Agents. Third time's a charm. We have been trying to get together, so I am thrilled that we got to stick to this date on the calendar. I know life has been crazy, as if we didn't have enough to deal with in our jobs. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And so my hope would be that by the time this episode airs, maybe things have normalized, but I don't know what the odds are of that. So we're just going to roll with it. We're breaking down a whole new territory here. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Super so. excited to be on here with you. Like you said, third time's a charm. I feel bad that we've had a reschedule due to technology last time. My goodness, the internet back home was rough. So I'm glad to be back in Columbus, Ohio and have good internet again. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm glad that you're home and um, yeah, technology is tricky. So I know I had Wi-Fi connections as well last week. So I think we decided that it was just like something in the air, something between Pennsylvania and Dubuque. <laughs> exactly. There was yeah. a disruption in the universe and it was keeping us from being able to have good connections and record a podcast. So yes, here we are. So Super welcome. Excited. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I was so excited. I barely slept last night and it's because I was wishing that I had some puff paints so I could make a t-shirt that said like, oh my goodness, what were my taglines I came up with? Now I can't remember them and I was awake all night thinking about this <laughs> and it had to do with like a play on the name. It was like, Team Schmidt or something. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna have to think about it. It'll come to me like mid-recording. Okay. Okay. We'll just blurt it out whenever it comes to you. I okay. don't want you to forget about it. Uh, yeah. So t-shirts need to be created. I'm a little sad because I had all of these really great plans to just like have a t-shirt cannon and all of this craziness at every conference. And now who knows when we're going to be at a conference together, but we'll figure it out. We'll still have fun. We'll figure exactly. out ways to have fun. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. We officially met last year in New Orleans. We've been on in the same social groups for a long time. But I will tell you that I saw you speak at Elevate in Cleveland. So okay. On that Sunday afternoon panel that you were on and was super impressed and knew that you were somebody that I needed to follow and keep up with. And so then I was excited when we finally got to connect in person and have enjoyed the way that our paths have continued to intersect since. So now is just a great opportunity for me to get to know more about you and for everybody to get to know you a little bit better, even though I'm pretty sure everybody knows the Beyonce of insurance. So how did you come? Let's, let's just start there. How did you come up with the Beyonce of insurance? You know, I really, I have to come up with a better story because there's really no super big story behind this. It's 
basically what I was doing is one day I was going through LinkedIn and I was like starting to post a little bit more and starting to get some traction and some feedback. And I just thought to myself, like, man, insurance gets this bad rap for being, you know, pale, male and stale to begin with, because I mean, that's kind of what it is at this point. Um, but I wanted to just make my name pop out a little bit more because like, okay, agent or producer or something like that doesn't really catch somebody's attention. But when you put something like Beyonce of insurance, that's going to make people stop and be like, well, what does this mean? Why? Like, so I just started thinking of things like who are people that either you love them or you hate them, but regardless, you know who they are, if you, even if you don't like them, just started thinking like Madonna obviously came up, but I think Beyonce was a little bit more my pace. Plus we look alike clearly. So I figured that was more appropriate. Sisters from a different mister for yeah. sure. So really, I wish I, I should probably just make up a story about how it came along. But really, it was just because I was flipping through one day. I'm like, what can make insurance fun? What will make somebody stop and really look at my profile and be like, all right, what is this girl doing? So yeah. that's how it was born. Well, ever since you chose that, I cannot even hear a Beyonce song or see her face or like a meme of her or she shows up on my page or at a restaurant without thinking of Ashfits. So that I cracks think me up. <laughs> And it's on your license plate, right? It is, yeah. I actually have the Pennsylvania one framed here because I wasn't getting rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I absolutely love it. So now, how long have you, you started out in a family agency, correct? That was mm -hmm. kind of where you grew up. That's where you cut your teeth in the industry. So tell me a little bit about your backstory, your career up until joining Ohio Insurance Agents and how you made that decision to make the leap. Yeah, that was definitely a tough decision. I mean, I absolutely, I'm a big family person. We have a huge family at any given family dinner. You know, we've got like 30 people there and it could just be on a random Sunday. And it's because we're just all so close. So, um, you know, I had never had any interest in going into the insurance industry. I'm sure that that, you know, is a lot of people's start of how they got in there. That They're like, yeah, why insurance? But I'm super fortunate that I had the opportunity and the timing was right because within six months, like I absolutely fell in love with it. I, I think in this industry, you need to love what you do in order to really benefit and, and reap the rewards of it. Because if you don't, you're just going through the motions. Like I'm horrible with numbers. If I was an accountant, I don't think I would enjoy it. Like I just I wouldn't be good at it. And I would just be fun, like fiddling through it. But where like, insurance, I'm so passionate about it and helping people and helping them understand why they have what they have and why they need it. But beyond that, the relationships you build with people, because if you're doing it the right way and just, you know, starting with clients, you need to get to know them. You get to learn about their lives and you get to know their grandkids and, and their dogs. And, you know, you see the, the kids grow up and then they get engaged and they get married and they start their own lives. Like just the relational aspect of it meant so much to me. But yeah, I got pulled in the family business, absolutely loved it, uh, loved working with my dad every day, super fortunate that I got to work with my grandfather, my grandmother, my uncle was in there, and was there for nine years, and I just, I love helping clients, but I started slowly seeing that there was a need to help agents out there as well, and you know, I would post things on LinkedIn or on social media, and some of them would just take off. And I'm like, guys, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. This, I just don't have a filter and I speak up. I mean, that's all it is. And I'm not saying anything revolutionary or anything like that, but it's just for some reason what I said and how I said it would resonate with people. I'm like, man, I think that there's an opportunity to help on a grander scale. So I think in, in my early 30s, it's, this is the opportunity to do it. And 
I jumped ship from Fitzsimmons Insurance, sorry dad, and took a little detour, I came to Ohio. Probably could have told my dad that I murdered someone and we had to bury a body and that would have went over a little bit better. Yeah. Like I, I would imagine I've never, have you ever went skydiving? No, I would okay. love to. Neither have I and neither will I ever because I just think that's crazy. But <laughs> I would imagine like that feeling that you get when you're like standing right on the edge of the plane where like your body just locks up and you're like, nope, not doing this. This is stupid. Can't jump out of a plane. Like, why did I think this? And then somebody just pushes you so you don't have a choice. That's the feeling I got before I said, dad, I'm leaving the agency. So it's like my body didn't want to move or say anything. So yeah. it's but it's been really great. And he's been super supportive. All of my family has. And I'm just so thrilled to have been given this opportunity here in Columbus, Ohio at OIA. Yeah. So prior to that, did you really see yourself like continuing to just live life in your, in your hometown and, you know, just kind of stay there and then a new opportunity came along? Yeah. I mean, that's, so that's the thing. Like I come from a town that's a mile long. I graduated with 52 people in my high school class, K through 12. I think we had under a thousand people. So super small town um, near Scranton, Pennsylvania for the office fans out there. And (laughs) it's a great town to settle down and have a family and grow up that way. I was in New York City any chance I got. I was traveling any chance I got. It was only an hour and 40 minutes away to drive into the city. Like I had a city mentality. So it was a little bit tough for me, especially with like my friends moving away. I loved the close-knit community and the feeling of going to the post office at 8.45 in the morning and seeing the same people you're going to see there all the time. Yeah. It was nice and refreshing to get to Columbus and be like, this is more my speed. Driving into the city for the first time and like seeing the outline of what is going to be like the next year or so of my life. It was pretty incredible. That was a great feeling. So I missed some aspects of it, but I definitely like the city a little bit better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know if I'm a big city girl, but you, so you live like right in the heart of Columbus now. Yep. So you're kind of walking distance from everything, including work when work is open. Yes. Super convenient. Yes. So what is it that you're doing with Ohio insurance agents now? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of everything. So I will uh, highlight what my favorite things are. My biggest thing right now is I'm focusing on peer exchange groups. So they brought me out here. They knew that I kind of had my own peer exchange groups going, nothing formal, but like, you know, 5 a.m. club. And, you know, we got kind of all shared and would hop on quarterly calls. So they brought me out to really spearhead their peer exchange initiative here. And ours is called IA Circle. And we have a couple different groups going. Right now, we've got future leaders. So it's either they're a brand new agency owner uh, that has perpetuated or they will be perpetuating in the future. So those are groups of four to five people. We do facilitated in-depth meetings where we really, you know, everybody signs an NDA and they, so we can share and they're non-competing areas. They're all in the same kind of path in life, in life. And they really just open up and share all of the issues that they're having because for as different as every agency is, a lot of them are the same and going through the same HR issues and balancing issues and time and, and all of these things and how to, you know, transition going from the kid in the agency to the person that's now managing someone that's been there for 20 years. You know, we all have a lot of the same issues and these groups have really helped them pick a goal and stay on top with, on top of it with accountability and hit them. So those groups have been, we've got two of those up and running currently. They're coming up on their one year and a month or so. And then also we have women's groups. That's been my biggest passion as of lately because it's just been taking off. And it's, I'm so proud of the groups. Like I get choked up every time I talk about them because like 
everybody bonded so well and they open up and they're really sharing and, and beyond the group meetings that we have, they go out and they reach out to each other outside of it. I'm like, oh, this is so great. And everyone's willing to help. So definitely the peer exchange groups have been my biggest passion in Columbus so far. I love it. I love it. So were these groups running prior to you joining Ohio Insurance Agents or did you kind of create some of them or how did they come about? Yeah, no, none of it was running. They had put together a business plan and like, you know, based off of other peer exchange groups that they had done research on. But when I came in, my boss, Judy Sivy and I sat down and we started basically taking the business plan that she had created and then saying, okay, let's go talk to some agents, get an idea of what they think would benefit them the most. And we built it as we went. Like up until about a month and a half ago, I was still trying to figure out a pattern of what's going to benefit the agents the most, because I kept reiterating the fact that this isn't meant to be a profit house for us. This is meant to be an added service to you. Like, so you guys, if you want to change the meeting types, meeting formats, please tell me, and we want to build it so it's efficient and effective for you guys. And we finally, I think within the last month and a half, the last tweak that we did to it has really taken off and it's really been making everyone more accountable than it was in the beginning. Cause we're trying to obviously be respective of everybody's time, but this new format is really, really working out for us. So I'm excited to see how it goes moving forward. Yeah. So you guys are, you're hitting your stride. How long have you been at Ohio Insurance Agency? I, I think you mentioned it earlier, but. Yeah. So I started in January of 2019. So a year and a couple months. Oh yeah. Well, congratulations on your Thanks. one year anniversary. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So when are, are these groups capped? Do you try and keep them at a certain size to make sure that it doesn't get too large and out of control and things like that? Or, or how do you, how do you structure that? So the future agency leaders groups, those stayed about four to five because those are a little bit more in depth when it comes to the meetings. They're more structured. We have agendas and we have certain KPIs that we're trying to hit and and talk about. As for the women's group, because it's a little bit less structured and formal, we are doing eight to 10 people in each group. And they have more like quarterly meetings where I, you know, some of the women did want to set goals. So we do that. And, you know, we'll have touch bases in between and we have Slack channels to communicate within the groups. But those are a little bit larger because we're not specifically focused on, you know, just future agency leaders. We have a mix of producers or company people or tech company people all mixed into one group. And I try to keep it like, you know, we've got five agents and then we've got one company person. So I want to have a mix of everyone in there, but it's just more of a, hey, what are you dealing with personally and professionally? It's not just about business. And I hate to say it, I don't, I have not met one person yet that has successfully been able to separate work-life balance, like work and life. If you're thriving your personal life, you're going to thrive at work and vice versa. Yeah. So it's like, it's so important that when we have these meetings that we also talk about the personal things going on in our lives too. Yeah. And it's so funny that you bring that up, Ash, because I feel like that's been a common theme in all of my conversations in these podcasts is that everything intersects, right? Like we don't get to separate one thing. We can't be like, well, I'm taking this hat off or like, you know, the Mr. Rogers cardigan. Like when I put this on, I'm now at work and everything else that was going on at home, I've now left at the door. And especially with how things are right now, like everything is so closely compacted right now. Like there's just, there's no way to even separate the two if you wanted to. Like at any given moment right now with so many people going to work from home, like your dog may start barking, my kid may bust in the door. I mean, I did send my kids away for the day, but there's so many things that are just 
crossing over right now. And we, and I think the more that we're willing to accept that that's a part of life, the better we are equipped to like handle the way that we feel about it, you know, and I don't want to say exactly. stress, but hopefully minimize the stress that we feel. Cause we feel like, I think we come up with these ideas that we should be able to tackle all of that and separate it. And I'm not a mom when I'm at work or I'm not a spouse or a partner or whatever, but all of that stuff, it all makes up who we are. And so looking at ourselves holistically and allowing ourselves to be like a hundred percent rounded out person with all of those different parts, I think is just a really valuable thing. And, and just giving ourselves permission to do that. And sometimes I think that people are waiting for someone to give them that permission. So I think that's really valuable that you're bringing that to this group of women. I think that's fantastic. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I think like you just said, it's, it's super important for, I don't want to get all cliche and like Pinterest post on you, but do your it. attitude is everything. Like yeah. it really is. You can look at this as, oh my gosh, I'm stuck at home. How do I take care of kids? How do I walk the dog? How do I stay on top of my job? Or you can look at it and say, okay, I just cut down on my commute time. I get to spend extra time with my family and kids. They might drive me nuts, but I'm here with them. And yeah. I know they're safe and I know we're safe. And you'll get your work done. You figure it out. We all adapt. It'll all get done. So it's, you can sit and be miserable about it, or you can look at the silver lining and look at all the positives that you have with it too. I mean, it's all going to, it all depends on the way that you view it and how you want to go on with your day. Yeah. That's, that's half the battle. So how are you continuing to connect to these groups with, you know, shelter in place and, and social distancing rules that we're all living under right now? Uh, yes, we're doing some quarantine talks. I just put that on LinkedIn the other day. Nice. And, like, uh, and that's for anybody across the country. That's not just my group. So that's anybody that wants to join. Got a lot of great feedback on that. We'll be starting those soon. I reached out to my two women's groups yesterday and said, hey, I would love to just check in with you guys. You know, our, our second meeting isn't for another like month and a half yet, but I thought let's just hop on a call, see how everybody's doing. Um, so we're going to schedule that for Thursday night. And then our men's groups, we have biweekly video conference touch bases, just to make sure that everybody's on track with where they're supposed to be with their goals. So really, this hasn't thrown a wrench in things completely yet, because all of our meetings at this point we're in between the in-person meetings and we're doing the video conference chats. So, you know, until probably maybe early May, if we're not back in business then, then we're going to have to do some restructuring. But right now it's just business as usual when it comes to those particular groups. So, yeah, I think we're all just kind of figuring this out as we go. And it's a, it comes down to, yeah, being flexible and being willing mm -hmm. to adapt. Yeah, we're all learning so many new things, I think about ourselves yeah. and one another. <laughs> so when it comes to building your career and all of the things that you've, you've learned and accomplished, I'm guessing, you know, your dad was probably one of your first mentors. When oh, 100%. Who else has been a mentor to you and impacted your career? There's so many. I was trying to think about this because I kind of thought that this might be a question. It's one that I, I typically get. And I feel like my answer changes every time because yeah. it's just, it depends on the moment. Like, okay, if I had to answer like right this second, which obviously I do, I'm going to say like Danny Kimball has, I, I tell her this all the time. She has been a huge impact on me. I mean, just because I tell her all the time, I don't know how she does it all. And she does it with a smile. And, you know, we went up, Steve and I went up to visit her two or three weekends ago and met her kids and she cooked us dinner. And I'm like, shouldn't I be doing this for you? Cause you've got all the kids and everything going on. And it's just, she just always has a positive attitude. She fits in personal time. She gets everything 
she's just amazing. I look up to her. I don't know how she does it. I want to be her when I grow up. So it's, <laughs> she's definitely somebody um, that is super motivating to me. But I mean, my dad was definitely a big mentor. I don't think I would have loved insurance as much as if, if he weren't a part of it. Like, you know, partly having, getting to be able to work with him every day. I feel bad. Like I go home, I was home in Scranton, Pennsylvania for a week last week. We talked about clients. We talked about insurance. I probably drove my mom and my boyfriend nuts talking about it all the time, but it's just, I grew up seeing my dad having those conversations with his dad at the dinner table. And it's cool to still be able to do that with him and have that connection. And insurance is like literally our lives. Like we enjoy it so much that that's always what the conversation is. So it's, I'm glad I'm still in the insurance industry that we can still have those conversations. Yeah. I think it's so fun to have those people that you can just flat out insurance nerd with. Like, yep. you don't even have to pretend that you don't know, like maybe what they're talking about. Like, I can't even help it if I overhear people, like I'm somewhere and I hear them talking about something. I'm like, oh, should I, <laughs> should I go exactly. interrupt that conversation? Maybe they have questions for me. Or maybe they are fellow insurance people and want to talk about this. Because yeah, even when you leave the agency world, which you've kind of taken this almost like a, a sidestep, like you're still insurance adjacent, but you're not like in an agency right. role anymore, which is, you know, kind of the shift that I've made recently as well. It's like, it's still part of what built you. And it's like, you can't just shut that off. Exactly. So I think, you know, for me, like the mentoring and that kind of aspect is, is so critical. So for women who are starting out in the industry, like what advice would you give them in terms of like trying to identify a mentor and find that person that can, you know, help just boost them along in their career? Because I think it can be a little bit of an intimidating process sometimes. Oh, it definitely is. And I mean, I'll be the first one to say like, case in point, John Bachman, love him to death. Such a sweetheart. He told me that I was super intimidating that the first time, like the first time he met me. And that's because I have an RBF and I know that, and I'm not an intimidated person, but like, I can't fix my face sometimes. I just look cranky. Like I can't. So it's like, what I will say to women just starting out in the industry or men, but not that he was just starting out, but like be anybody. Yes. Put yourself out there. If you think that somebody could potentially be a good mentor or something along those lines, just ask them, send them a message, reach out to them, be genuine. Is every single person going to respond in a positive way? No, maybe some don't even respond at all, but there's going to be that one person that you may have thought was somebody that would never talk to you in a million years that reaches back out and you have like a great friendship because of that. It's going to be frustrating for the people that maybe give you negative feedback or don't respond at all, but it just takes one connection to open up a million doors. You know, it was, it was me reaching out to Ryan Hanley on Instagram four years ago when we were in Washington, DC. And at 11 o'clock at night, he was downstairs with Chip and Sydney and the Agency Nation team. He's like, oh yeah, why don't you just come down and have a drink with us? And it just snowballed. And now I have so many connections because of that one that I'm like, well, if he doesn't respond, he doesn't respond. So I would say just reach out to the people. If you're starting in a business, like reach out to the other women in that business and say, hey, what connections do you have? Who can you introduce me to? And just put yourself out there. It's hard enough to make friends, you know, in, in your 30s to begin with, but it's a lot easier when you're in the insurance industry because those people are typically really nice. Yeah, we do get to be part of an amazingly generous industry. Not only is there like so many just charitable things that happen with the agencies, 
I feel like that's just something that's always been important to the industry, but also just generous with their time and their knowledge. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think it can be a little bit scary to reach out to somebody, but yeah, I feel like the right person is the person that says yes. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd love to, you know, help you through this process or call me anytime. And it's amazing what does start to happen. Like there, like you said, it's a snowball effect. It is just absolutely crazy. If I, and I think you would say the same thing. If you look at the last couple of years, it's just like, whoa, I didn't know. Like my network was so small. Yeah. And now it's like this amazing group of people. And so a lot can happen. I think there's so much power in finding that right mentor and yeah, and putting yourself out there. I think that's great advice. It's <laughs> It's a little bit scary, but yeah, I mean, once you do it, you're like, okay, I didn't get rejected and exactly. look at, look at the doors that are now opening up. So yeah, I absolutely love that. So I know you have this, the women's group, are there other things that you think that we could be doing as an industry to help encourage women along into leadership roles? Yes and no. I mean, as an industry as, as a whole, I'm not really sure what we could do. I think it comes down to the individual agencies that really need to, you know, so many times I hear people say, you know, I'll offer up my advice and then no one will listen. But a week later, Joe comes up with the same idea and it's like gold that he just spoke. So I don't know that there's something that we can change when it comes to that perspective of things. But I think what we need to start doing as women in the industry is really building up the confidence in one another to speak up. And I'm not saying go into a room where, you know, you shouldn't be speaking up and say, oh, I know this, I had this answer and like trying to push your opinion on people. I'm saying if you have the knowledge to back up something and you know that this is the thing that they should be doing, then you need to have the confidence to go in that room and speak up and say, this is why we should be doing it. And as a woman, yeah, you have to be a little bit more prepared. Like maybe you have to go in with, here are all the what ifs and here's how I would counteract them. But I think it's just what we can do right now as a whole is to build each other's confidence up, to be able to go into that room and speak up. I keep telling myself this, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? Okay, maybe you get embarrassed. Great. Leave the room, recollect yourself, go back at it again. If you're not going to you know, risk getting fired or like uh, the hangover, like, but did you die? Like, no, you didn't. So you'll recover and you'll get over it just like everything else in life. So I think it's just a matter of making women be like, listen, you can do this, get over your fear, suck it up, get in that room and show them what you can do. Because there's so many women out there that are capable of so many amazing things that they're just afraid to do it. And we can benefit from so many women speaking up. And I know that they've got great ideas and great points to make, and they just don't do it because they're afraid or they think they're not worthy, like worthy of it, but you are. So I think just as a whole, we need to just say, ladies, get out there and do it. So do you think it's primarily a confidence issue that holds women back in the industry? I mean, I guess there's a lot of factors, but do you think that that is a, a large contributing factor? I think there's a lot of different things, but. This is one of my personal things that holds me back sometimes. So I'm hopefully somebody can resonate with this out there. It's not that I'm not confident. You know, I really don't have, like I said, I don't have a filter. So I typically will just get up and say whatever I want to say. But if it's in an important situation, Sometimes I'm afraid to speak up because I think that what I'm thinking is too basic. Like, oh, they've already figured out this problem. Mm. But then 20 minutes later, it'll come up and I'll be like, all right, well, maybe I was just overthinking it. So I think sometimes I'm afraid to speak up because 
I assume that it's already been thought about or done. And I think that that's something that needs to change in this industry. Cause I think I've, I've, you know, talked about that with a handful of other people that have felt the same way before. And it's like, all right, maybe we just think we think it too complicated and we just need to, to have the faith in ourselves that other people feel that way too. And just to speak up and say it. Yeah. And I think it's funny. I, I've, I've had that happen before too. So many times I'm like, well, I guess I should have said something. I don't know why, exactly. why I hesitated. Or I'll be like, well, that was my idea first. Like I will, I will say that to myself, but yeah, I think that something that I've struggled with is just kind of like, I start editing myself before I even start speaking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, I can't even like, I spend so much time rethinking what I should be saying. Like you said, overcomplicate it. And then I just never say anything. And then whatever the discussion's over, the event is over whatever. And I'm like, oh gosh, I really wish I would have said something. And so I'll reach out to a couple of people and they'll be like, well, why didn't you bring that up? I'll be like, well, I didn't know I was so busy editing my thoughts to something that I thought was valuable to say that I never got around to actually sharing what I wanted to. And yeah, and I don't know if other people struggle with that as well, but yeah, there's a lot of self-auditing that I I tend to do before I actually open my mouth. So yeah. Exactly. I wish I was more outspoken, Ash. I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting there, but sometimes I think you're like pretty much most people. Yeah. I'm like, I want to, I want to just throw gold into this room. Like how, how can I make this sound even better than what it sounds like in my head right now? Exactly. No, but I mean, you see, you're already a step ahead of the game because you're out there creating content and you're putting it out there. Like, you know, so many people just edit and edit and edit and then never press upload and never put that out into the world. And like, you wonder how many people have these great ideas that just never get out there because they don't do it. I'm guilty of that too. Like I want to write all these great articles and then I get sidetracked and I do other stuff. And like, how many times have I started a book and stopped it? It might be funny, but I'm never going to, no one's ever going to laugh at it because I never do it. So it's like, you know, just taking that first step to do it is just huge. Yeah. And I think I love that idea of just encouraging everyone to just be like, just be 10% braver. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, like write that down. Like if I were 10% braver, I would do this and like write that down and then figure out how you're going to make yourself do that thing. It's kind of, I think that's where I feel like I need to write this down. <laughs> I love yeah. that. If you work at that and you just kind of break it down, it's not like you have, you, you can't eat the whole elephant, right? Like that saying exists and it applies to so many things in life, but mm-hmm. just allowing yourself to incrementally go after those things that you want the most. I think is maybe a good first step for some people. Some people can just like burst out of the womb and they're like, I'm ready to go. But um, I don't think that that probably applies to, to most people. So if you could go back and give your younger self advice, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself, and this is again, cliche and cheesy, but do what makes you happy. Don't live your life because of what you think other people will think. And case in point, leaving the family agency was huge for me. That was probably the hardest thing that I will ever have to do in my entire life. And that ate away at me for weeks. Like I just, I didn't know if I could do it. In my mind, that was it. Like I was taking over. And I I thought about how I was feeling obviously, but the majority of my emotions came from, how is this going to affect everybody else? And 
I know it doesn't sound like a, a, you know, a big deal to some other people, but it was, that was a huge, huge deal to me um, and how it was going to affect everyone else's lives. And I would just say, you know, the world is still turning. The agency is still open. They're still running efficiently. They hired more people. You know, my family still loves me. Right. It's, you know, it's, it, it, it works out. They're still supportive. And to me, in my mind, I was going to be like the black sheep of the family when I did that. So what we perceive something to be in our head is oftentimes 30 times worse than it's going to be. So I would say, I'd go back and be like, listen, if you want to make a change, make a change. Everything will always work out. Yeah. So just go for it. Right. So yes, what, exactly. what are your future plans for, for Ash? What does the future look like? I'm still trying to figure that out. And for somebody that's like so type A and OCD, like I don't have a five-year plan right now. And it, it, that bothers me sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just going, I'm just going day by day. OIA and Intel agents, we've got so many amazing things happening now. And yeah. so many, you know, I, I joke around and this is no, no hard feelings to any other association because that has nothing to do with them. But like, it's in the movie Mean Girls when the lady's like, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. And I'm like, that's how I feel about us as an association. Like we're a cool association. We're just doing so many amazing things that I think, you know, our, my plan changes daily because it's like, okay, well, where, you know, what can we roll out next or what can we focus on next? And, you know, the members are our core that we really focus on, but it's just, it's growing and it's expanding. So it's like, how can I better help members in a larger capacity? So really it just, I'm taking it day by day and kind of transitioning what I'm doing based on where we're going as an association and as a company. Yeah. And I love how you guys have taken your services, like just beyond your borders. Like it's not just specific to Ohio. You guys are reaching out and trying to help other States. I mean, you uh, like just in talking with Carrie and talking with you, I know you guys have so many amazing, amazing projects like that you're working on now and stuff in the works. I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys continue to grow and expand just so many great things that agencies need. I, I love it. Like, I think it is a ton of value add to agencies. Anybody that can access the information is, is definitely in a great position. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really exciting. I mean, I think why I get even more excited about it and like super nerd out about it sometimes is that, you know, for the nine years that I was in our family agency, I was always asking for the products that we are now providing. I'm like, dad, there's got to be something out there like this. And there never was. I mean, there's things that can enhance what we have and work side by side, but there wasn't anything out there like we're putting out there now. And I wish I had that back in Pennsylvania. I just it, super excited. And I just get, I'm glad that we can help agents and do it in an affordable capacity. Like they're not expensive by any means. And a lot of times you can get co-op dollars for our products. So really excited to see where that goes. Yeah. Well, I think it's fantastic. I love the work that you guys are doing. So a couple of personal questions. So you are all over social media. How did you go about kind of building your social media presence? It just started happening because of, you know, on LinkedIn, when I just started gaining a little bit of traction there, I thought, well, maybe I can kind of turn this into some business. So then I started like putting on there, you know, follow me, Ash Fitz, and people would start following me on Instagram. But kind of where some of this started was, you know, back home, I said, we lived in like a mile long town. So I was on dating apps back home and I'd be out on these dates and 
I don't want to say I can judge quickly, but I'm a pretty good judge of character. Like as insurance agents, we're natural born underwriters. Somebody walks in the door and after two minutes, you can figure out where they belong in your agency. If they're risk assessing. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what happens when you go on dates. You're like, all right, is this a potential future partners. So I started sitting there and I'd be asking the same questions every time. And 10 minutes in, I'd be like, all right, maybe this isn't the person for me. And I was able to take that and turn it into business. So I wrote um, multiple accounts from dating apps because of that. So I think when I kind of started talking about that is when insurance agents started following me and seeing that I had a different tactic on how I was pulling in some business. God bless my dad. He thinks they're all friends of mine. So, but it's really cool because I did make some really good friends from those experiences. And for instance, there was one guy that I'd met two years ago that just within the last few months bought a house and said, Hey Fitz, can you get me in contact with your dad? And he didn't have to do that. There were so many other options. So it really is cool. The connections that I did make through that. But I think that's what it was. It's just, I would start posting things that would just resonate with people because it was just common sense and genuine. Like one thing I know that stuck out was like complaints don't pay the bills or something. You can complain all day about business not coming in the door, but you're complaining and you're not going out there and getting business. Like, I just feel like I was just kind of a little bit more real with my posts and that's what resonated with people. Or I would just make fun of myself in some capacity and then tie it into a positive post. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, cause it helps me to just, um, keep up with what's going on in your life, especially like when you brought home the new puppy, who is yes. just like the most adorable thing in the whole wide world. He's like eight uh, so pounds of terror. Dogs? What was that? You have two dogs? Oh, yeah. So Steve has one. Um, she is literally an angel dog. I don't know how he raised her the way that he did. She's the best dog in the world. And then there's Louie, who is like a little terrorist. But he's getting much better. And I shouldn't complain because he's still a puppy and he's still a baby. So he's, I love them both. They're great. They're not here right now. We have them at home with my parents so they can run around outside in the woods still. Yeah. So yeah. now I miss them. Well, I think it's sweet that people are able to connect with you and keep up with your adventures, not only professionally, but personally, and being able to open up to people like that, I think is, it's a really special thing. It does help you to just connect with a broader audience. So I, I love that you're, you're willing to do that. So now one final question, and I'm very excited for this one. Uh-oh. So if you could choose one song for the entire world to listen to, what would it be? That's a tough one. You get to play DJ for five minutes. What are you selecting? Hmm. I'm going to go with Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> I feel like all of my other choices all have like explicit language and I don't think it'd be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. There are children listening. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to go with Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel, because I feel like no matter who you are, like that comes on, you know it, whether or not you like it, you still kind of like get in a groove and it's just like, it's a classic. Yeah, I was going to say, you know the words and you're going to dance to it regardless of how you feel about it. So exactly. yeah. 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 Well, I think it's a great song choice. I love it. Thank you for being the first person to answer that question. That's amazing. Yeah, but thank you so much for your time today. I so enjoyed this chat. I cannot wait until we're all out of captivity and you and I get to see each other again. I know there were conferences that I think we were supposed to both to be at in the future, but we'll see how all that stuff pans out. But I know regardless, like we're going to find each other on social and hopefully we're going to see each other in person soon. But until then, take care, stay healthy, stay safe. 
Yeah. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love the work that you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun. I'm glad I got to take a little break and socialize. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> These are our social connections now. <laughs> oh, all right. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Bye-bye. This has been the You Don't Know Schmidt podcast. I'm Olivia Schmidt, and I hope you've enjoyed the conversation in today's show. If this is your first time with us, make sure to subscribe now. Then you'll be first in line to hear new episodes with a new guest and a whole new perspective. And if you know anybody who could benefit from hearing any part of today's conversation, feel free to share the show. We're always looking for new fans and there's always highly valuable information in each of these episodes. I wish you all the best until we meet again.